Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new edition of Sports Talk with Tonsoni. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni, and we are introducing a new podcast called Bracket U. It'll be brought to you by Sports Talk with Tonsoni in collaboration with Delphi Bracketology, a high school group of around 20 faculty and students that are uh, going to be predicting the bracket as they have for several years. Uh, the Bracket U podcast will be done once a week, and we're going to explain all of our decisions. So welcome to the first edition of Bracket U. Joining me today is Evan Fritz, a sophomore in his second year in Delphi uh, Bracketology Club. Evan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing really well. Excited about the, the basketball season getting started. And with that comes wins and losses. And we start talking about which teams are better and which teams are worse is, is what we do. So share with um, our listeners a little bit about your freshman year and getting involved in the club and having to make decisions on the bracket um, from, from a student's perspective. Well, from a student's perspective, it was a really good experience for me, especially since I was new to the club. I was welcomed really well, and I really took uh, to heart some of the things I was told, um, especially road wins and things like that. I mean, just analyzing the teams and their wins versus good opponents, um, things like that. Uh, big key parts are ranked opponent wins. Um, like I said, road victories, uh, neutral ground victories as well. Um, I know... Um, that most of our listeners, listeners will be aware that the, uh, the bracket is held on neutral ground. So any neutral ground win against a ranked opponent or a visiting game against a ranked opponent is a big one. But again, I was, op I was welcomed with uh, open arms and I really took to heart some of the things I was told. Um, it was a really good experience and it really helped me with the decision-making process. Um, and I mean, there were some tough decisions last year and you know, we missed out on a few, but we, we hit some out of the park. And we look to do the same this year, but with a couple of tweaks. Um, RPI, if you know, has been uh, taken out. And now we're looking at net, which is basically a cal calculation of the overall team, their chemistry, all that, put into one calculation for uh, the bracketologist to put into a bracket. So that's basically what we look at in a nutshell. I know there's a couple more things you might want to add, but... Go ahead. Evan, you did a great job coming in as a freshman uh, to understanding, you know, the procedures and, and trying to get into the mind of the NCAA tournament. We had some great meetings here at the, at the whiteboard with moving teams in and out, and we had our favorite teams. You, you were a big Oklahoma fan last year, and we kept seeing them slide and slide and slide, and you were a big voice for Oklahoma. We, we, we do some meetings at Buffalo Wild Wings at my house to try to hammer out these in late February, early March. And you mentioned the, a new evaluation tool, and the NCA has gotten rid of the RPI, which has been used for a long, long time, and, and there, it's a new net evaluation. But it, basically, the net just replaces the RPI in organizing teams. So teams will be ranked 1 through 351 according to this net formula, and from there, the committee then looks at quadrant wins, and we'll explain a little bit of that uh, briefly. But there are five parts of the net team value index who you beat, and you mentioned that, the neutral sites, the, the, the victories against ranked opponents, that's all part of the game result index. Then your offense and defensive efficiency, this is new this year, where how well you play on offense and how well you play on defense is going to matter. Number three is your overall winning percentage, and RPI was total winner, winning percentage all the way across the board. So this is an old RPI kind of feature. 
adjusted wind percentage, again, based on location, which Evan said was very important. And then the last criteria in this new ranking system is scoring margin. And what the NCAA will do is rank them 1 through 35 based on this mathematical formula. And then our job, Evan, is to look at um, who do you beat. And there are quadrant 1, 2, 3, 4 wins. Um, and, and there's different criteria. You can find these criteria on our website at DelphiBracketology.com. Uh, um, Evan, we, we got together and had a preseason uh, bracket if you could explain why the preseason bracket is not necessarily accurate as, as they will see from us in January and February and March. Well, Brian, one of the most important things to remember is not to look at what has happened in the past years. Okay, Some of these teams are completely new and like improved or maybe they're worse than they were. Um, one of the big things you want to look at especially is like Villanova. Villanova has been a great team for a long time and you're sitting there thinking, yeah, they got to be a one seed, right? They got to be a one seed. Let's put them at the one seed. Well, the thing is, not necessarily. I mean, as you know, in the off season, I mean, they made quite a few changes, and you can't just see them at a one because of their name. So, although the preseason bracket is very inaccurate in its entirety, it will hold some truth to it based off what we see in the off season acquisitions. And of course, you cannot predict injuries and other things like that, which is why it's very inconsistent at times. But in essence, it's what we think is going to happen during the season, how it's going to play out basically with the new parts to the league. We want to see how these matchups are going to work out, how people are going to play under pressure, the freshmen, how they're coming up from you know, high school, red, red shirt, whatever you want to say, um, how they're going to play under pressure, how these teams are going to like mingle and bind together and how their offense and defense is going to work as a whole. Um, it's, it really is a prediction, but it's not just a guess. We have um, very, very uh, informed people in our bracketologist group, and we try to make the best logical decisions based off those things that we read, look at, and then basically that's what we're looking at in the preseason bracket. Yeah, the preseason bracket's a guess based, based on reputation and based on, you know, the players. As we get going on in the bracket, bracket decisions, it's based on game results. And you said that. How do the freshmen come in and play? Well, you're going to tell that, and we had a, we had a first get look at some serious freshmen in Duke. They played really well. That's going to play out um, uh, positive for Duke when we start talking about where, where they're going to be seated in the bracket. But the preseason is just based on uh, other people's evaluations. We, we read preseason magazines. We got together and we talked about which team would be in and which teams would be out from conferences, who's returning, who's not returning. But the actual bracket is based on results. And the results have to be played. And I think the best thing you said right there uh, is this year's Villanova team is going to be decided in March, not on the past, but it's going to be based on their results this year. And, and if Villanova um, is not going to get a one or two seed just because of their past. And that, that is really something that I've learned, Evan, since um, being on, the, on a bracketology group or, or making a bracket, is that it is really data-driven and, uh, based on criteria, and a lot of people think the committee selects matchups and they favor one team and they, they, they're against this league, but it's really about the numbers, right? Um, so we're, we're heading into the year. Um, here's some, I'm going to get your opinion on, on these teams. We're going to talk about some preseason seeds and whether you um, think they'll stay or not. Uh, I think I had an easy one for you, Duke, a number one seed. <laughs> I, what do you think about their chances of moving down th throughout the year? 
Well, I mean, this might come as a surprise to you, but with all <laughs> these freshmen, I mean, I, I know they played well against Kentucky in a neutral ground, but you got to remember, Kentucky is a young team as well. They started all freshmen last year in the tournament. Um, I think Duke will, of course, fare fairly well this season without regarding injuries and other things like that. If they can stay healthy, they'll be a good team. Of course, they've got a lot to learn with all their freshmen. Um, the coaching staff is good, and they know how to work with them. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to do a great job this year. And I think going down a possibility, playing against some veteran teams that can just maybe out-strategize them. But I think with the talent, I think it's there. I think it's all there. Yeah, and, and as we get going, we'll be able to verify that when, when if Duke's record is 11-0 and with the number one seed. They're going to have to get it done on the court. Um, and, but Duke is an example. We talked already about some key games this week in our meeting on Thursday. Uh, Florida State, which we had as a five seed in the preseason, played Florida, who we had as a six seed. Florida State won by 21. Um, big victory. Explain why that's a big victory for Florida State and why we might be moving them up in the, in the next couple weeks, just based on that game. Well, based on that game, we have a couple bits of information. We know that Florida State can play with good ranked teams because, of course, we have uh, Florida ranked at six, a little bit below them. But still, a matchup like that, it comes down to who can play better in the clutch moments. And having Florida State come out on it with a victory, not just a victory, but a 21-point victory with that new um, category we were talking about, the scoring margin, um, that brings them into question of whether they can compete with some of the top teams. I mean, we know they're going to be right around a five seed, but does that bring them up, being able to beat a team like that? And that's what we're starting to look at, like how can they compete with better teams like Tennessee and other teams like that. The scoring margin there hopefully is going to be a lot lower for them. Mm -hmm. I, and to piggyback that, a team we had out of the preseason bracket, Ohio State, they lost uh, some good players. Um, and we had them out as far as a member of the Big Ten making the tournament. They go on the road and beat Cincinnati, a team that we had probably overranked based on the fact they were probably favored to win their conference. Um, and Ohio State not only beats a quality opponent, but they beat Cincinnati at Cincinnati. So all of a sudden, Ohio State in the first week has some big data wins uh, in our tournament. And so those are, those are three things that we talked about Thursday with our students, as, as Evan said. And um, we, will, we will be um, doing this every Thursday to try to provide the most up-to-date bracket. And where can you find that information um, that, that we talk about here on Bracket U? Uh, DelphiBracketology.com. If you click on uh, the tab 2019 Bracket News, there are six links to articles that we're going to try to keep updated uh, every week to give information. We have a subject called Bracket Info, and that's kind of what Evan and I have done today. We've talked a little bit about what's going on and some key uh, games and some key things. Um, there is a, uh, a link to articles about bubble teams. Evan? Explain what a bubble team is for our listeners. All right, so basically if you're unfamiliar with what the bubble is, uh, the bubble is teams that are close to being in or close to being out. It's kind of those teams that are sitting right around the same level. They necessarily haven't played too many good teams, haven't won too many games, but they're at the bottom of our bracket, the seeds that are just maybe going to get in or just maybe going to get out. And that's where our bracketology group um, as a whole takes a very good look at teams because there's a lot of points in the bracket contest we made there. Um, whether a team gets in or a team gets out based on their strength of schedule, like I said, road victories, things like that. It's, it's really tough 
to get all those teams, all the NCAA teams um, analyzed and put into the bracket or taken out of the bracket. And, of course, it's always heartbreaking to see you take somebody out and then they get put back in, um, Yeah, as we saw last year. But we're, we're going to get over that. We're going to get a solid bracket this year just like we always have. And so this place will be the teams that um, we have heavy decisions on. We have a link towards the upset of the week where we will have a student or a faculty member write about um, – write about the upset of the week, the team that um, might have been, uh, you know, the surprise team of the week. We have a team of the week tab where we will have an article about um, a team to watch, whether there are big games coming up or a team that's made a lot of movement in two or three weeks. Uh, we have a spot called Bracket Winners and Losers. As Evan and I have discussed here, there's a lot of movement in the bracket, especially in the early months before it kind of gets to a form. And we have another tab um, where it's conference bracket news. And we'll break down uh, each conference throughout the season and where the, the teams stand conference-wise. You can find our actual bracket, our seed list, which is numbers uh, seeds 1 through 16, and, and a tab called 2019 bracket. You can find Bracket U podcasts uh, under weekly podcasts. And you can find some archived information on how we've done last year. Delphi Bracketology was fortunate enough to win the the championship at bracketmatrix.com in 2016. Delphi Bracketology has improved the score in the bracket matrix every year. Uh, we, finished, um, we finished 17th and tied, I think, for ninth uh, in the last two years out of over 170. So we're really proud uh, of our work. Evan, if you could just sum up for our listeners as we end our first Bracket U uh, podcast, what do you enjoy the most about um, all the work that we do from here until March? in putting together the bracket? Well, for me, one of the biggest things is like the arguing. It's, my, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, when it comes to arguing about whether a team gets in or gets out or you know the seating position, there's a lot of people who uh, may or may not have bias towards certain teams, and you gotta make sure you keep that in check, uh, as we've seen in the past years. But it, it is a really good time, of course, you know, going to Buffalo Wild Wings and stuff, great memories of, um, good relationships made, um, friends, new friends, all that kind of stuff. But really making the decisions and knowing that you made the right decision or wrong decision, you know, it's always good to see the right decision. You know, it's always bad to see the wrong decision. <laughs> but at the very end, it's always nice to see your end result, you know, what you've been working on for, like, the whole season, of course. It's been a long buildup. And uh, we've been fortunate enough to do well in the past years, and uh, it's just a great, great thing to see. You've made it for so long. But like I said, it's just – the putting together of the bracket and looking at, watching it come together is just, just a great time, and it's my favorite part of the bracketology group. We, had, uh, we were one decision away, and it was the last decision we debated last year, and if we would have uh, made the right decision, we would have been champions again. That was a little frustrated. The Buffalo Wild Wings trip was great. We had like 12 people with laptops, wings, soft drinks. Uh, Evan uh, and his group on the end would look at three or four teams to compare and then he'd walk down to me and say we need to put them in this order and and then he had people off to the side doing the same things and it was a, a big committee meeting out in, in Lafayette where our, our Buffalo Wild Wings is located so a lot of good camaraderie a lot of good skills are built by our students but the best thing is we interact with fans we're on Twitter at, at Delphi Brackets we try to have updates on a regular basis, we'll let people know what we're thinking. Uh, we're sorry if we don't have your team seated where you would like to see them seated, but we we make data decisions uh, the best that we can. So, 
Look forward to the Bracket U podcast coming out um, Thursday or Friday evenings after our Delphi group meets on Thursday mornings with the most recent update. Please check out DelphiBracketology.com. Follow us on Twitter at Delphi Brackets. Uh, Sports Talk with Tonsoni can be found on any podcast host, and we hope you enjoy uh, the work of, of this hardworking group of students and faculty, and we hope to put together the best bracket we can. Send us your questions. We'll try to answer them. Uh, but we love college basketball. We know that our listeners do too. Thanks for listening and look forward to um, you uh, tuning in to all future episodes of Bracket U. So long.